back with another episode of the bit by bit podcast another entry in the biterian collection in the month of february uh a john singleton classic baby boy from the year what is this 2000 2001 actually um the the film debut of tyrese you know <laughs> one of your one of your favorites tyree um you know welcome back so you want to start it off? What do you think about it? Any notes? Any thoughts? Um, I'll just say it's one of the funniest movies of all time. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's on my like letterbox top four uh, with like The Tree of Life, Yee and maybe The Social Network. Um, yeah, Baby Boy is, is up there for me. I thought it was interesting. I mean, I've seen Baby Boy, obviously. Um so many times since 2001 this time around uh said i'm gonna take actual notes rather than just watching it and taking mental notes sitting around and re-watching it just the opening scene of jody in the womb as the opening if we could just start there and the transition what does a black man call his woman mama and then what does a black man call his closest acquaintances his boys and then finally, what does a black man call his place of residence? The crib. So, you know, just like that, because I, I feel like seeing it when I was younger, I'm like, all right, what is this movie? Because you just have this, like, grown Tyrese inside this womb. I'm like, all right, this movie's a little wild. But then now seeing it older, I'm like, okay, I, I get it. And then actually listening to it and trying to understand where John Singleton is coming from with this film. It's like, all right, all right, I, I understand it, but yeah, I, oh, I, I think that that voiceover sets up the whole film. Because mm. um, I'm not sure which philosopher, uh, what lady he said the quote uh, came from, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, it sets up the whole film as like showing um, Jody as this boy who is like stunted um who hasn't grown hasn't grown into like a full adult yeah and that's pretty much the story of joey and not joey jody um growing into a man i mean pretty much it's like you said it uh sums up and starts off the film um and you know into that transition of you know you bet coming out the clinic and then it goes to the apartment scene of her in the bed and then he tries to comfort her and it kind of plays into this whole thing of oh do you need anything from me uh do you need me to do anything just for him to get the car keys to go see his other baby mama and it's like all right now i know and i don't know like sitting around watching it this time i'm thinking in my head and i'll admit i'm like a little bit biased towards it because i've like i said i've seen it so many times and I, this the point I'm about to make is where I say I'm a little bit biased towards it. He only comes off cool to these kids riding the bike. Those kids are the only people he seems cool to. <laughs> like they're the only people that's like, oh man, that's Jody, and he's like, f them kids. Like 
I don't care about them kids, but everybody else that's an adult doing something, they're like, yo, this guy's a lame. <laughs> it's crazy because uh, I was reading the script yesterday and it's a lot more detail than uh, the movie gives you. I, I would um, understand. I would figure. But Jody is 20, so it kind of made sense to me, and then it didn't because I'm like, Jody is 20, so he's still really young, and being in your mom's house at 20 ain't that crazy but he has like no older positive influences so no wonder they um he's kind of like full of shit because like sweet sweet pea who should be his og like 24 that's what they had it in the script he's worse than jody yeah. he's looking for he looking at jody for a job so yeah, in which I have that in my notes later down the line um, of the timeline of the film. Uh, but I just want to jump into the fact uh he goes to see uh, Peanut, you know, his other baby mom. Mm-hmm. And kind of like just the fact that how he went from Yvette's place and then he gets the car keys, keeps the car for like, what, the whole weekend. And then he goes to Peanut's house and he's like, make me some food. He's over there just to see his, uh, you know, his daughter. He's at Peanut's house, chills there to get some food, smoke weed, sleeps with her, and then he goes to his mom's house. And then it's like the way they introduce Melvin in the next scene. And I just thought it was interesting because they introduce it as if like, well, oh, hold on. Let's go back to the Peanut part because he is like bossing her around and the mama he ain't come to see his daughter he came to see peanut and well, the yeah. mama came home with the daughter that's true <laughs> which it which makes it even like funnier because he wasn't there to see his kid he didn't really care about that until the mom pulled up um which is true and then the, the fact that the mom just like looking at him um because they in the room smoking or doing whatever they were doing and the baby's sitting there and the mom's just looking like man I don't know if she's looking like she done failed or what but it's a, it's a look that's just like this this some shit I mean I don't know I mean the mom seems like she's just kind of like spending more time with you know the granddaughter while these two are back there smoking and doing whatever they want to do and here he goes just you know running the house as if he owned the house <laughs> and it's like you don't live here and you don't even own your own car that's your other baby mama's car like who is this guy but um you know he goes to his mom's house with y- yvette's car then they introduce melvin and they make melvin like this guy this muscle-bound guy with this tank top all sweaty <laughs> with the 187 tattoo and he's like they, a bullet wound scars <laughs> it's like it makes it seem intro- Oh, go ahead. They introduce him like a WWE character. I guess. And you they like have this cut to like Jody's eyes where I feel like I have it in my notes where it's I feel like at that point that's when you finally get um Jody's perspective. Like the movie finally has this thing where you finally see Jody's perspective of life and yeah. everything shifts. And the whole movie takes a turn. Now we're watching it all from his perspective. Everybody is the enemy and he's the victim. 
And it's like, okay, he's he's never at fault here to an extent. I'm going to get to my point later on at how he's at fault. Um, but like he's the victim all the time. And Melvin is the antagonist here. Well, I, I will say that I think that's like the inciting incident, if you will, um, that when he sees Melvin, it's like, oh, he's not the man of the house anymore um, yeah. or doesn't have full control of over his situation now because there's another uh, manly presence around. And that kind of like shifts his um, his trajectory, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you spoke of the like the I the I thing um and there's so many cuts to the like odd where it's like close-up of eyes uh in this movie at like pivotal times that i think really um kind of like bring home a lot of the scenes uh i had it where an example of like jody's pov would be him selling women's clothes and where it's almost like how like i mentioned where jody it you know he's never kind of at fault it's him selling women's clothes and he's getting his life in order i use that with air quotes here to you know to the listeners who can't see us but the jody selling women's clothes and starting his own business because you know they really they made that a thing go ahead sorry hold on uh before that before he gets the uh clothing business Mm -hmm. before he starts it that scene of him and Sweet Pea at the swap meet <laughs> talking about it. Jody's like, oh, yeah, you know, are we buyers or are we sellers? He's giving this, like, real motivational speech yeah. to Sweet Pea. And he only sounds smart to Sweet Pea. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, it's kind of hilarious because you all you always see those or hear those types of characters in life. But... It, it was just so funny and we also get the um john singleton cameo yeah. in that scene where he's selling uh, what was it dvd cd something yeah. like that mm-hmm. um which is i mean it was a great cameo and it's a great scene because i understand what he's trying to say and get across to sweet pea but sweet pea's kind of mm-hmm. like all right i don't want to hear this and which is interesting uh you know not to get into the scene yet but it's almost like Sweet Pea, you need to be listening to this, possibly. <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, also though, like Jody, you ain't doing this shit either <laughs> right now. So how you preaching to me? <laughs> exactly. I was just about to say you're not really practicing what you're preaching. <laughs> like, kind of stop. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's it's weird. It's like a like a fake um a fake awakening moment like a fake woke moment like all right and it's so random too like i don't understand where it came from uh it, it was really weird but i don't know i i think because i watched the deleted scenes on youtube years ago and i think there's a scene where he's talking to his mom and she's giving a speech similar to that or something mm. um but it's it's not in the movie so um I don't know, sense. but I think it it was like a sim it was like a similar thing. I think that makes sense. But the uh, the note I had was Melvin helping Juanita gardening, and you know um, Melvin living with Jody and Juanita. Like you only kind of witness this life of how do I put it things from Jody's POV and 
you know, Jody being upset at Melvin and Juanita having like this loud sex scene and he's mm-hmm. just upset. So like, you know, he gets his life in order, selling women's clothes. You get the whole scene of him getting the clothes off the back of the truck. Then, you know, you get that scene where it's Melvin and Juanita doing the garden and stuff. Then, you know, they have the whole sex scene. Then you have the whole TV scene where Melvin's like, oh, yeah, I set up the TV channels for your mom. He feels as if Melvin is the antagonist. And like you had mentioned, he's being pushed out, but he hasn't had a male figure in his life. Mm -hmm. But it's like, oh, go ahead. But also, it all just ties into what happened with his brother. Which is true. Um, and the, her old boyfriend. I mean, and he mentions it slightly because he's like, oh, he could be a killer like, who was it, Ray? Or uh, uh, Henry? 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, he could be a killer like Henry. And he just already has this like preconceived bias towards him, which is understandable. I mean, you don't know anything about him. Mm-hmm. You kind of came into it being upset. But like his mom says, mama gotta have a life too. And you know, it's that funny scene where Sweet Pea is like, mama gotta have a life too. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Jody is just already just like revved up of I don't want to hear it. And everybody is against him in his eyes. So I don't know, like for a certain middle section of this movie, I felt like it was just watching it only from his perspective. And you just watch from his gaze of just like everything everyone is like an enemy to me i thought it was really interesting hello yeah you the listener do not try to skip ahead so i just want to let you know if you're listening to this you have the option to listen to it on substack apple podcast or spotify but we would prefer if you listen to it on substack actually let five to ten people know about substack you can pledge a donation or sign up for a monthly subscription it's actually really convenient. Um, I wanted to jump into what your thoughts were about the Sweet Pea and Jody plotting on Melvin, the guns and butter scene. It's one of the funniest scenes because if you listen, I, I don't know if Melvin is like shaving his hair with a straight mm-hmm. razor. Yeah, with no with can, no shaving cream. Yeah, you can hear like the razor hitting his scalp. It is like a distinct sound it's so funny but jody and sleepy they talking but it's like man y'all ain't really talking about nothing at all that he can keep his life as long as my mama happy like you ain't tough he's not at all and it was like uh he it was something he said like he can keep his life and I let him live with the strife or something. I'm what yeah, like the ain't gotta be ain't gotta be no strife. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, wait, what? Like this is not intimidating. Like nothing you were saying is intimidating at all. Then uh, I hope you hear me. And uh, then Melvin comes in, throwing guns and butter. Like you, you trying to preach, but they are not receiving it at all. <laughs> but Melvin, I. I wrote it down that Melvin, uh, I, I wrote it down that Jody doesn't want to listen, uh, but Melvin gives one of the best like OG speeches that you kind of watch in these movies of that time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it's like in a particular way, it's not really like as preachy as most like OG speeches are. You know, most yeah. films, it's, 
you got to do this and you got to do that. It's a certain way he says it. And, um, and it might just be Ving Rhames, honestly, but mm. it, it's really believable. Um, but these two are, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, I think Jody's like, man, he's been coming in there with that same shit every night. <laughs> and that's why I didn't understand. Um, So you telling me every single day he's been trying to tell you some game and you just, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I, I will... I want to touch on, I think once seeing that we see Jody in his element, that's like not with women or Sweet Pea is when he's working on the cars uh, at the beginning, mm. he's like uh, putting them together. I'm like, that's the one scene where we feel like Jody is, has like a hobby or is still kind of like a kid. Yeah. The collectible cars. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, oh, go ahead. And uh, right after that scene, um, I think he goes to sleep when we get that montage uh, of him dreaming yeah. about his death. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, it's it's very interesting. Um, he, I guess, he grew up too fast. I think is what I'm trying to say. Or, uh, he doesn't have those like young qualities of like hobbies and stuff the montage i i don't know i've always felt conflicted with that montage because it's always i don't know how i feel about that that montage i'm like on one hand i get it on the other hand i'm like i don't know how i feel about it i don't know it's just something about it like the whole inner cuts of him like you know, obviously sleeping with the women, and then his mom, and it's just like, oh no, my son, my baby, oh he's behind bars. I think it's Tyrese. I'm just gonna be honest. I think it's Tyrese in in this. Like it's something about it. Like I just didn't believe him dying. <laughs> like I didn't believe it. And then he <laughs> he leaned against the the car with the smoke, and then he watching his body. He oh my god, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like. I was kind of like, I all right. Like, it's, it's a, I, I really like the montage because it's kind of, I don't know, there's a certain rhythm to it um, that I guess it plays into his fear of dying, I guess, and like what could happen in the future if he's uh, like keeps on the same path. And I mean, I get how it plays out in the sense of, he talks about it later on in the movie, but mm-hmm. it's just something about the way it is depicted right then. Like <laughs> he unveils his body and then his, oh my God, his blood leaking <laughs> from his mouth. And then, you know, he, oh no, I'm really dying. And I'm all right. Like, and then the smoke right there, like. <laughs> I have to ask, like, real EMT workers, like, is, did it really be smoke, like, <laughs> in the moment? <laughs> you know John Singleton had to add some flair to it. <laughs> oh, it was real flair. <laughs> I feel like there's certain moments in this movie where it. I have it written down that, you know, the scene Jody and Yvette arguing, then that quick cut to the two having sex, and then they get back together, and then that's where they have that moment where he speaks about um you know his death and he brings mm-hmm. up the whole oh man i could die and she's like oh don't uh talk about death and i 
mention that you know there's some moments in the film you see from events uh, point of view and but i feel like the it really takes a toll where or takes a turn not a toll but it takes a turn where it becomes Yvette's point of view is once you get the rodney's call like you have these certain mm. moments like you know when she brings up jody taking her car and then juanita brings up like you know you're dealing with a man from a boy type of thing um but i feel like the rodney call is really when it takes like a turn and you get yvette's point of view of this film mm-hmm. and it it goes from just jody's point of view to yvette's point of view and that's when it becomes this different film <laughs> like you know what i mean like when they introduce snoop dogg in this film it's completely different after that in my oh. in my opinion because it's like okay this guy is now a new character in this and i'm looking at it from her perspective i think um just going back to the scene with them uh where he's talking about his death um it's a really selfish scene um or it's like really selfish of him and we kind of get um, Yvette's perspective on that because mm-hmm. he's like, uh, I wanted to have, uh, God, what's the kid's name? Uh, he wanted to have the kid just so he'll have a piece of him still left on earth. And she's like, well, what about me? He's like, don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, JoJo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said he wants to have JoJo in the world uh, in case he dies. And she's asking like, okay, yeah but what about me how what am i gonna do without you and he's yeah don't worry about that like it don't matter and i think we uh we kind of like after that we get her uh perspective because then it goes into her cleaning and uh like the only happy time of them in the movie is like right after that scene where she makes the food and they eat and they're kind of like um very happy in that moment but the um as far as like when Snoop Dogg gets introduced, I don't watching it this time, I didn't feel like he was a really huge character for some reason. He was just like a side character. Um and more so just like a like a plot point to kinda show Yvette has other options somewhat, but not really because he's like in jail so he's just like an outlet for her to talk shit about jody i mean if we're being honest most of the people in this film are just side characters they could have just kept as like side people uh like they could have kept snoop or rodney in jail they didn't really need to Mm -hmm. let them out and jody could have just the kids that robbed him or teens or college kids, whatever they were, he could have just like shot one of them uh, mm-hmm. when they stole his bike. You know, I'm not advocating for it, but you know, you could have like just had it there instead of Rodney. Um, if you were yeah. just getting your point across of him having this life changing moment, really, um, mm-hmm. you know, just changing the scenes for it. But because Rodney didn't really do anything afterwards, he just he went from mm-hmm. a villain in prison. And then he came out and became an even bigger villain <laughs> once he got out of prison. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh my God, this man is even worse now that he's out of jail. But I don't know. It, 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 it This movie is just interesting to the point of what is it? The, but I will say, I wrote it down that 
Um, Sweet Pea has, I wanted to get into Sweet Pea. There's only two parts I like with Sweet Pea where I feel like you see these moments that are actually genuinely good. Um, you know, where he drops his guard, selling the dress at first, and <laughs> where, you know, he's like, oh, you look like Tyra Banks. Uh, she's wearing this dress over in Paris. And then I, I might be paraphrasing this poorly, but the lady's like, really? Yeah, you should buy it. And then when, you know, he says he wants to get saved, that's it. But the movie is interesting because, and I really like Omar Gooding's acting in other things. I've just mm-hmm. never been a fan of Omar Gooding's acting in this. Like for me personally, I'm not saying his acting in general. I just mm-hmm. mean his acting in this. I just was never a big fan of, and not just him only. Like I'm not the biggest fan of Tyrese in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Omar Gooding's character has so many funny lines in this movie for me. I I. I... We'll say the acting isn't amazing, but it's such an interesting character um, that I think it kind of like makes up for it. Because that scene where he's playing the video games uh, in Ken's house and he's like arguing with her and her mama, that's hilarious to me because Jody comes in and he's he's offering drinks and stuff. Like it's his house for real. And he's he just staying there. They letting him stay there. And then they go outside and he's like, Jody, this all your fault, the way they treat me in there. Yeah. Why you ain't why you ain't got me a job? You supposed to be my man. Why you ain't hooked me up? Like, dude, you like four years older than Jody. You supposed to be like his OG and you asking him for a job or for a hookup. So it's I don't know. His character just has so many funny moments, man. Well, I mean, it's like one of those things of, I don't know, it's like, is he supposed to be I I just, I've always been conflicted. Is he supposed to be funny or is he supposed to actually be a serious character and the acting is making him funny? That's what I've always been confused on. I... And I know I you think, don't have the answers, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I know. Always... I think one of the things with the movie that I love is that, you know, it is supposed to be a serious movie, but it has so many funny parts to it. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's all intentional, but I think just the fact that it's so, I don't know, kind of like accurate and like realistic depictions of people that really just kind of makes it funny um, because I don't know you I, people say you can find humor in anything it works um, just because it can be played as serious and funny um, so yeah I, I think that's what I really like about it and about his performance mm. I don't know it's but just also, is is one line where he's like, "Man, I'd be at do dirty house playing Madden all day," <laughs> because uh, he don't want to be at Kim house because he got to ask them for money. Like that's that's a hilarious line. It's just it's interesting. the The character of Sweet Pea is he's an interesting guy, man. I don't understand him because yeah, he's twenty four. They don't really give him much of a backstory in the film. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I would assume the script does, but 
there's not much in the actual film. And he's like, Jody, yeah, find me a job. And Jody doesn't actually have a job. He's doing illegal activities and selling <laughs> illegal goods out of his trunk. Which he was good at, which is interesting. <laughs> he is. But I mean, it only can take you so far. True. Like, and all he's doing is like, oh, yeah, I got Yvette and my kids some some clothes, and look what I did. I spruced up her car. Look what we did. I, I made <laughs> I made my woman proud. I'm going to pay the rent. I'm a good man. And it's like, really? That's, that's the idea of it. This ain't that's, nothing. That's what, she got I, a real job. Do Douchey. <laughs> <laughs> She really got a real job. She clocking in nine to five. Is that a real job? All right. Entrepreneurship ain't a real job. <laughs> All right. I mean, he he was paying the bills, putting the uh, getting the car work done. Jody was cheating, doing everything under the sun. I know he he wasn't a good dude, but he wasn't a terrible dude either. Yeah. All right. You're a wild man. <laughs> we we know a lot of Jodies in life, dog. <laughs> but I I will say the um him buying them clothes, fixing up the car. That's what like every dude does when they get some money. Like can... when in, when in, income tax season come, you're gonna see a lot of people doing that. <laughs> he could have saved that money and bought his own car. He could have just got a job. He had a job. Where do you think the money was coming from? <laughs> Anyways, uh, getting to the scene with Jody and Melvin. There's more of a pinnacle scene with these two and the whole fight where he somehow does background work on Melvin. And, you know, he looked up, I guess, what was it, Melvin's kids? Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there and he's talking mess about Melvin. And they get into like this whole fight and Melvin like knocks him out into a table and he punches him so hard that he like hits his mom on accident or he like, he didn't really hit her, but he like shoves her on accident. I guess she tried to like shove or grab Melvin's arm, but uh, he Juanita falls into the plant in the background. That Mm -hmm. scene was so wild, but that's when you kind of get like, I feel like more background about Melvin because beforehand you didn't know much about this man outside of like these little tidbits that you know he just kept saying and preaching here and there um Mm -hmm. but i don't know it's like like i said before it's the point of view of jody he's just oh yeah everyone's against me melvin is the bad guy and it's like bro just move out like if you're not doing anything i i get it what you're saying about the POV of Jody, but I think it works because we see that he's wrong about a lot of things. Um, and you see how, um, what's the word? How the characters, how the other characters are right in some situations. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think seeing it from Jody's POV just shows how much of uh, kind of like a kid he's and how how much of a kid he is and how insecure he is in a lot of things um, like that Melvin 
um, sequence because he really just talks about um, how it gets into that scene of how he talks about um, his brother and the last boyfriend and how the last boyfriend, um, how the brother um, got kicked out because of the last boyfriend. So I don't know. It's his moment to kind of feel moral, morally superior yeah. to Melvin and tougher than Melvin. And he pretty much gets put in his place like immediately after. Um, that headlock is hilarious because Melvin licks his, like, he licks his head. He licks his head. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, is this a thing y'all did in prison? Like, what is it? But I guess it's like a. It's like it must be a thing of like dominance, I guess, to mm-hmm. an extent. Of let, like you said, putting him in his place. Um, yeah, putting him, more so putting him in his place. And I understand where Jody is coming from to an extent where, you know, this is my house, this and that. And Jody said it. Is it in that scene where Jody says it? Uh, you know, this is my house, and his mom says no. Or no, he says this is Big Mama's house. This ain't even your house. And his mom had mm-hmm. to. T- it was before that, I think. Okay. Um, and... it could have been twice. I don't know, but I know he mentions um that, that was his the mom weed. never left the nest. Yeah, that was the weed scene. That was the mm-hmm. weed scene, and they brought it up, and he didn't like that Melvin uh was growing weed in the back and different things, and Melvin apologized, and you know it's just kind of different stuff, and it makes sense. Like, I'm not fully against Jody of, like, oh, man, this guy is just a terrible guy. But, you know, you're only 20, but you got to look at it from, I guess, like his mom said, the adult perspective. You don't work. You're not going to school. What do you do? You're just laying around juggling these two women and playing with their hearts. And you having kids with all of them. What do you do? (laughs) Like, move out where he have to go <laughs> the streets <laughs> really <laughs> well i mean if you really think about it realistically that's not up to his mom no more like you're a grown man like she can't just you know hold you at home that's not her responsibility to just constantly have you there at her house and you're just gonna sit there and be like nah our new man can't sit or you know come in here that's not fair her his mom can't have a real life with a man because her grown twenty year old son don't like it. What type of stuff is that? He don't uh, want to work or he, go to school, like, and he got kids. Uh, uh-uh, uh, you gotta hit the uh, hit the curb, bozo. He a dweeb. Hello, yeah, you, the listener. Do not try to skip ahead. So I just want to let you know, if you're listening to this, you have the option to listen to it on Substack. Apple Podcast or Spotify. But we would prefer if you listen to it on Substack, actually. Let five to ten people know about Substack. You can pledge a donation or sign up for a monthly subscription. It's actually really convenient. Jody was just misguided. <laughs> he can be guided to the streets. I'm not saying like to jail or nothing, but it's like, hey man, go uh go get in like a a welding program or become a carpenter or something become a plumber jody wanted to run the streets yeah (laughs) do you have any uh final thoughts on this movie (laughs) 
what do you think? Um, what do you uh think about Baby Boy and the sense of I do want to know your thoughts of it and like in all seriousness, Baby Boy is being well rounded in the depiction of how it has been depicted. Cause I know a lot of people find Baby Boy to be an all around comedy. And I mean I know you find it to be pretty funny, but like we've talked about, it's pretty serious. It's some like I said, found it to be hilarious. What are your thoughts? Um yeah, I think it's a really serious movie. I think it's one of the better depictions of uh like young black men probably I wouldn't say ever, but it's I think it's up there. Um just because it's genuinely conflicting. Okay. You know, it doesn't it doesn't paint Jody as a great guy and it doesn't paint him as like the worst guy either you know it's realistic in that um that he has faults um but he also has some things that he's good at so i don't know i think it, it's not it's definitely not just a comedy but there's so many comedic moments and like lines and things that the actors are doing in this movie that i think really um kind of like uplifted uh rather than it being like preachy or anything um yeah so i don't know to me it's probably john singleton's best film um i know boys in the hood all that you know it's cool but it's not this movie and um i don't think boys in the hood has like the cultural relevance that baby boy does just in turn, because they they play boys in the hood um, TV and stuff, but I don't think it's as like I don't want to say culturally significant, but people I don't think people look at boys in the hood the same way they look at baby boy. What do you mean? I don't know. I don't know. It's like I don't know. How, I'm I'm trying to think of how the best way to explain it. But it's sort of like the menace to society boys in the hood thing where people feel menace to society was like grittier um, and they can relate to it more. Um, I think it holds, I think baby boy holds more of a place in people's hearts rather than boys in the hood. Maybe that's because they played it on BET all the time. Um but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm probably talking in circles, and I probably didn't explain my point well. But I think um, people think a lot more about Baby Boy than Boys in the Hood. I don't know, man. I had a point, but then I just forgot it. I legit had a <laughs> point, but then yeah. You like did a really long explanation and I legit forgot it. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I completely just forgot my point that I was going to make. Hey guys, how's it going? It's Malik here. You're listening to the Bit by Big podcast. Thank you. All right, man. This is another episode. It was great to have you on. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you to the listeners. Uh, this is great. Baby Boy, if people haven't seen it, right now it's on Amazon Prime. I don't know what streaming services might be on by the time this actually comes out. 
Uh, it was on Amazon Prime and Tubi. Um, who knows? Like I said, by the time this actually does come out, so you might if have. If you have, ca- if you have cable, it's playing oh. <laughs> on VH1. Oh, really? I think it so... plays every week. Yeah, I looked it up, and they said it was like playing on VH1 or something like oh. today. See, but it, it's always on. See, there you go. Go watch the edited version on television. This movie has a pretty good soundtrack, so go listen to it as well. It's a very underrated soundtrack. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, We'll be back with another episode next week. 